I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, and we're all out of birth control. Aw, thanks, Trump. This is read all over your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Final episode uh, of the show. <laughs> Our listeners who have been with us since the book recaps will be delighted yeah. to note the title of this episode is Night. Uh, get it. Which is, <laughs> get it? Get it? <laughs> it's the title of at least 17 small chapters in the book. You think there's going to be just one chapter called Night, but nay, there's several. Get it? That's oh, our- Maggie Atts. <laughs> so sardonic. I cannot believe we're done with the TV show yeah. for uh, duration. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean like this isn't like we're going to like hit stop and this is all you ever hear from us again. There but goes like our friendship. There goes our podcast. No, Maul. No, never. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, well, before we get into that, let's do a segment I like to call Red All Over Again. Again? <laughs> again? Get it? Get it? Get it? Um, How do you say again in Spanish? Uh, I can't think of it. My mind is blank. That's okay. Shit. I'm embarrassed. Sorry, Grandma. Um, <laughs> okay. So um, our so you guys have been really good about filling us in with stuff that we may have missed in our previous episode. So I'm just going to start from the beginning and work my way down. Commenter uh, Lindsay Orwig told us that the song at the end of episode nine is called Wrap Your Arms Around Me by The Knife. The The lyrics to this song are actually kind of neat. They talk about, let's see. When we meet, wrap your arms around me. Tell me all those things you haven't told me. In a crowd, I'll find you. On your lapel, there's a red carnation. Blah, blah, blah. Feel the love and build a house with you and free the unborn child at the castle. So there's some definitely some significance to the end of that song and kind of the overall flower fertility theme in the show. So thanks for pointing that out. Oh, this one's from me. Uh, (laughs) So I was pretty fed up with everybody that uh, at replied me on Twitter to tell me that you think Kelly, a.k.a. Fun Dad, is right about um, (laughs) when uh, in the episode, I believe it's in this past episode or, or it's I would be such back. a fun dad oh yeah you're fun dad I would be such a fun dad yeah yeah absolutely and I'm the one that's like no you have to brush your teeth yeah you'd be Marge Simpson yeah exactly <laughs> oh my god I am so Marge Simpson though. I know I love when you were Ugh. her for Halloween oh, or whatever that was I was that was that okay was, yeah I was like was that Halloween or just like a con I don't know <laughs> people dress up for such ridiculous reasons in San Francisco <laughs> anyway a few episodes passed when they show the death of the prior Offred as she's being carted away Serena Joy says, what did you think would happen? She says, what did you expect? What did you expect? If you're going to be pedantic, be pedantic all the way. (laughs) That would be such a fun movie, like jingle all the way, but pedantic all the way. I feel like that's most of my conversations with men. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no Mega Man. (laughs) Well, actually. Oh, boy. So anyway. Mega Mansplain? Oh, God. Um, Anyway, Kelly said, just to recap this argument, your fun dad said... She's saying to him, what did you expect out of this situation where we make women breeding stock? Confusing. Um, And I said it was, she's referring to, what did you think would happen when you screw around with your your handmaid? And I think Bruce Miller, 
agrees with me because a lot of you guys said on Twitter and on Facebook and to my face in my dreams that um, Kelly was right because Serena Joy doesn't know what's going on. And Bruce Miller in an article from The Hollywood Reporter, yeah, I'll cite my sources, says Serena Joy's not in denial. It's pure will. She's ignoring something willfully. She knows what's going on, but she's ignoring it like she ignores so much because of the promise of having a child. She's not deluding herself, but she's very good at compartmentalizing and saying, okay, that's what Fred is doing. This is what I'm doing. And we're all pulling different oars, but we're all trying to get the same place and get a baby into this house. And certainly there are aspects that come up in this episode. that's like Serena Joy's not stupid. Like she knows what's going on. And I think, and I think there's a line in this episode where she says explicitly, like, I need you to stop fucking her because I don't want her to end up in the street in front of a car or hanged. So boom with your guys's attitude. I think I'm right. You are so delighted about receiving male approval. <gasps> no, I am not. Yes, you, take you that are, back, Kelly Anakin. You're so delighted no, that Bruce Miller. No. Listen, if anybody made this choice, no, if anybody else <laughs> said this, I think Margaret Atwood make this choice. Margaret Atwood, I think, would agree with me. So whatever. I don't care who said it. I just know I'm right. Incidentally, do you want to know how to say red all over in Spanish? Uh, rojo al otro. Well, I'm getting from Google Translate. Ultra is other, so no. Yeah. Rojo a todos. Rojo de nuevo. It's Google Translate. Huh. Okay. It steered me very wrong before. Get it in Spanish? That's the only reason I wanted to bring this uh, up. <laughs> okay, cool. You're right about that, and I'm right about the other thing. Uh, suck it. So then the last thing, the last Reddit all over thing I want to get to is we had a uh, person on Twitter, uh, Lauren Dissonant, who told us, Praised B comes from a neo-Wiccan... Pa- oh, pardon me. Blessed be comes from a neo-Wiccan pagan, right? And here's what's kind of interesting. This comes from thoughtco.com, but it's part of a ritual called the fivefold kiss, which goes, just says, blessed be thy feet, which have brought thee in these ways. Blessed be thy knees, which shall kneel at the sacred altar. Blessed be thy womb, without which we would not be. Blessed be thy breast, formed in beauty. Thank you. <laughs> it's not just for you, Oh, Mal. I think it is. <laughs> Have you seen my breasts? They're perfect. <laughs> blessed be thy lips, that shall utter the sacred names of the gods. So it's really like, if they're saying blessed be, like it performs a double duty of being like kind of a Quaker-y Christian thing, but also very pagan. And somebody told us that the handmade symbol was also based on some sort of pagan fertility thing, right? Yeah, they said they would guess that that would that would okay. be kind of close to That's that. That's weird. I still hold that it is the sign of the Rebel Alliance, okay. and uh, Star Wars would survive in Gilead. Uh, Star Trek would not, because it's a thinking man's sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, but it would definitely come down hard on the side of Poe Dameron and Finn not being a couple. No. As which is in my slash fic. Incorrect. Oh, did you, you did write a, a fan fiction for Force Awakens, right? I wrote several. Okay, I've read, I've read some of them and they're good. Yeah, <laughs> but I think, weren't you mad at me because I'm, I'm shipping Kylo Ren and uh, Rey? I was mad, but I was also turned on. So like, who's wrong here? <sighs> Girl, I love a problematic male. <laughs> mm. uh-huh. I know, I'm into it. Okay. Give me that problematic D. Then you're going to love Alias Grace. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am. Oh, Yeah. Well, we are going to cover Alias Grace. I think we talked about we that. Yeah. yeah. The show? The show. Okay. And we'll talk about the book once we've finished it. Excellent. We don't know. Listen, we're not making you all any promises on timelines right now. Yeah, we got We're just letting you know because a lot of people have been like, we want you. Don't leave us ever. And we get it. We're great. Yeah. We're pretty amazing. You know what else is mm, close to amazing? <laughs> 
This finale? Nah. Uh, okay. <laughs> it, a number score, what would you I, give this? Five yeah, 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 the highest. Okay, so like on a scale of one to five or zero to five? <laughs> one to five. I'm very precise. Okay, one to five. Yeah. Yeah, zero would mean it did not exist. Like yeah. the limit okay. in Mean Girls. All right. <laughs> so what would you number score this finale? What would I number score this finale? As a finale or just as an episode of The Handmaid's Tale? Um, let's say as a finale. As a finale, I'd give it a pretty limp six. Out of five. Oh, shit. I was on. I was doing You were ten. doing your zero bit and you weren't ah! paying attention to the parameters. Um, this is I why have... you're fun, Dad. The kids are never going to get anywhere if, with your tutelage. I, I have a liberal arts degree. Okay. I wasn't trained in the mathly arts. Okay. So out of <laughs> one to five as a finale. Okay. Then a three. Yeah, I would give it a three and a half. <laughs> um, Are you Scottish suddenly? Because yeah. um, I thought it was just an okay finale and definitely not even one of my favorite episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. Definitely uh, not. There were some really great moments, mm-hmm. but I felt like the territory that they covered wasn't super rich for me. I agree. Well, it was a lot of time spent with Offred being sad Offred, and I don't like sad Offred. She yeah. is annoying, and I don't even like leading Offred, which we get a little bit here, mm-hmm. because leading Offred is so smug, I just want to punch <laughs> her right in the womb. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I, this episode made me really dislike Offred. Really? Yeah. Huh. I don't, I don't follow you quite well, there. Well, I'll explain when we get to certain plot points, and I'll explain why. Okay. But I just like, to me, she's the least interesting character on the show at this point. It, it, yeah, I, I can cop to that. Your mileage no, may JK. vary. Nick may be the most uninteresting, but like I'm interested in him because I want to kiss his beautiful puffy lips. Like, (laughs) okay, well, let's move on. Let's get into. So we decided to split it into two sections. One, first, we're going to tackle the Moira storyline just to get you guys all on the up note. (laughs) And then we're going to take you down, take you down to Gilead. So how do you want to start the Moira? Well, we see Moira. I mean, it's very short, all the scenes that we get with her. So we thought we were getting a shot of Serena Joy taking Offred to some <laughs> godforsaken tundra. Yeah. But actually, it was Moira running mm-hmm. through a godforsaken tundra. Mm-hmm. And she gets to this barn garage thing that's painted wife blue. So it I is. was I was yeah. apprehensive. <gasps> I just realized your couch is wife blue. Oh, <laughs> uh, I would say my couch is a little darker than wife blue. Okay, continue. It wasn't intentional, Molly. <laughs> Wife blue hadn't been invented yet. Go ahead. So she gets inside and there's a car and it's clearly been inside for a long time. It's covered in dust. So she wipes off the license plate and the bottom says more to discover, mm-hmm. which I thought might have been Canadian. And then she wipes the top and it's Ontario. And we applaud it. We, it was we, the only th- time there's ever been an applause break uh, during this show. We so. were so excited mm-hmm. and we were just we were so happy. Because finally something semi-good has happened yeah. to somebody on this show. So that was excellent. So by hook or by crook, she made it into Canada, which is great. And then also by hook or by crook, she manages to find her way to a refugee center with yes. the nicest person. So nice. And I literally said out loud, what a nice man, which <laughs> is the first time anybody has said that during this show. <laughs> accurate i like how he's like it's mac and cheese night and i was like aha mac and cheese food of the asylum <laughs> food, food of asylum Well, but thursdays they have chicken tetrazzini Ooh, yeah girl. which if you're a fan of the soup makes you giggle <laughs> chicken tetrazzini chicken tetrazzini <laughs> oh man remember spaghetti cat oh boy do i ever 
I just like I just like thinking like of the alternate reality where like Shannon escapes and she gets here and she's like, um, actually, I only like mac and cheese bites from Chili's. So I don't know why you didn't have that for me. It's my birthday in Canada as well. Your birthdays are different in Canada. But I thought that was a nice gesture to have some comfort food on hand. They're kind of easing her into that poutine life that I. Shannon has her own time zone. Greenwich Shannon time. <laughs> true that it's true that and so they give her all the stuff you know they give her the refugee starter pack i know and i was just like america's such a garbage country (laughs) granted i've never seen what we give to our refugees but i assume it's like the beginning of battle royale where we give them a pot lid Uh and some food for like three days and we're like the collar around your neck explodes bye (laughs) i hope not but Um. you know she's got a cell phone paid up for 12 months that's pretty great. And they gave her a souvenir maple syrup. <laughs> great A. That's how you welcome people into your fine establishment. That is what happens if you go to the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal. They gave all of the comedians maple syrup. That's um, what we do instead of paying comedians, everyone. Hey, hey, go to a comedy club this weekend. Please. 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 Like, consider, like it's it, at this point can probably be a charitable donation. <laughs> it's a dying industry Uh, hey you want to know why there aren't more women comedians because you're not going to see them that's Mm why wow psa over (laughs) i've been thinking a lot about my future molly (laughs) well hopefully this podcast takes off and we make buku bucks i can agree by the way buy something from out of print clothing Uh, so she's she's in the refugee center. They ask her very pointedly, like, do you have any family that we could call in Toronto? And they say, she says no. And the more important thing that they say is that when people who are refugees are there, they get set up on a text alert. So if somebody on their list comes right. in, they get a text alert so they know to come. So like, they don't have right. to waste time playing phone tag Oof. and all that stuff. And so she's walking out of the refugee center. Well, and she looks so shell-shocked. Yeah. Like, it's this is the most remarkable performance I think she's given. Agreed. Because it is largely wordless. That's the running theme in this show is the best performances are without words. Yeah. I mean, we look at Alexis Pladell. Uh, well, and uh, what is her name? Uh, Madeline Brewer, who plays oh. Janine, doesn't say much this episode. This is a breakout role for Madeline Brewer, I think. Like, she was great on Orange is the New Black, but this is going to take her places, I think. I don't know. I'm skeptical. Oh, yeah? I feel like because she's playing, she's first played a character who was a drug addict without a redemptive arc. Mm. She's now playing a person who's got severe mental illness who isn't the protagonist. Mm. I'm just not sure that it's not going to be off-putting. That's an interesting point. Well, I hope that's not the case. Listen, we still live in the patriarchy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People are like, but you played a crazy person. <laughs> that makes me worry about Uzo Aduba's career, because I think she's excellent. I think she's also excellent, but I, I think it's the same issue. You I know? hope not. I think she's like one of the best actresses out there today. Although she did get to be in the live-action Wiz remake. Oh, yeah. That was great. Did you watch that? No. It was so good. Did you watch that? Yes, I watched oh, that. Okay. What do you mean? I love The Wiz. Ease on down. Yeah, I did ease on down the road. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So then the, the cap on Moira's story is she looks <gasps> so sad coming out. And who's there? It's Luke. Official boyfriend of the podcast. OT. OT Fag Benley, a.k.a. Luke. Oh, my God. And I started sobbing. I, I was sobbing. I, I couldn't cry this episode. I cried 
throughout the duration of Wonder Woman yesterday, and I think I I understand. Used it all up. <laughs> you gotta you gotta conserve your tears. I used it all up. I need to like rehydrate and watch this again so I can cry the way my heart wanted to. But I gave it all to Gal Gadot. Your heart yesterday. will go on. <laughs> he said, "I got an alert that you were here," and she kind of melts and she said. You put me as family? Mm-hmm. Cause, and this is uh, especially beautiful, I think, because we see Luke and Moira's relationship prior as being like very, like, te- they tease each other. Yeah, and it's it almost, contentious. It is contentious. And if we remember, I don't remember if they say it in the show or if it's just in the book, but she kind of sees June marrying Luke as kind of like a betrayal of feminism a little bit. So to have him, like, come through for her in the end is very sweet. And yes. As much as I hate the idea of, like, a male savior, like, it's okay. (laughs) But he's not, look, she's got, like, she saved herself. Yeah, that's absolutely one billion percent. There's a difference between saving somebody and And having Driving them home. home. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, now now she's got a place to live, presumably. Yeah. She's got, she's got, shh, shh, shh. I'm excited. Boy, what kind of performance do you think, shh? is going to pull in next season. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> so that's great. We'll so, get to that. So that's a lovely... We'll get to your lack of damn giving. <laughs> it's a, a beautiful, happy ending. And now I think they're going to team up and, and try to get... Offred and Hanra. Hanra? 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 Yes, Hanra. The Hanra's tale. <laughs> um, Hanra! 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 <laughs> right. Hanra isn't here, Mrs. Tomorrow Waterford. <laughs> So what's the so there we go. Anything more to say about that? No, I mean it's really it's really quick, very easy to cover. Now we're gonna dig into the thornier meat of the plot okay. of Offred. Right, Offred the go. boring. I disagree, <laughs> but go ahead. In the so Rachel it's it's Leah the Red Center. A bunch of handmaids are being brought in and Aunt Lydia is like, Oh, look at these clothes. What a bunch of sluts. And <laughs> then you know how you know how you could tell which one was the gender traitor? How? Because she's like, you in the vest. <laughs> so that was clearly a early 90s lesbian comedian uh, who was brought to the center. <laughs> so that was oh. Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Well, she came in in the carpool lane. Of course, um, was there. <laughs> and way to ruin my favorite shaker hymn, Handmaid's Tale, because they all come in singing, tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free. I love that hymn. It's appropriate here because the Shakers didn't believe in any procreation whatsoever, which is why they were not a real sex successful. They were not (laughs) successful nor successful religion because none of their they could get married, but they did not believe in sexual activity of any kind and they would adopt children. But, you know, uh, usually I think when kids get adopted by a cult, they usually uh, leave. (laughs) They're like, yeah, you're not my blood. So I'm going to go see how the Amish are faring. (laughs) I know they don't have buttons, but I like that cheese. (laughs) (laughs) And so this is the first time that Offred has met Aunt Lydia. And Aunt Lydia's like, uh, you may call me Aunt Lydia. And there was another aunt next to her that was like, you may call me Aunt Vicky. <laughs> yes. Refugee from the parent trap, a little known <laughs> town in Massachusetts. <laughs> that would be funny to see like the parent trap version of the Handmaid's Tale where the handmaids are just constantly pulling pranks to, <laughs> to escape. They're just like tying to get, buckets of feathers to ceilings. They're trying to get their commanders and their wives back to Oh, I would watch that. I would watch that. Um, 
So and, yeah, that sounds like in the same vein as antiheroes. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Our other spinoff show in the Rachel and Leah Center, and they're telling them to be meek. But what I think is interesting is what happens after that when she says if. They should never have given us a uniform if they didn't want us to form an army. So this is this is part of why I think the finale fails. Hmm. Because they set us up for some really cool stuff. Some really cool stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And then it's sort of a flaccid dick of the last 10 minutes. I know. Because you and I were both bracing ourselves towards the end. We're like, okay, it's really cool that Moira and luke are together it's really cool that the handmaids did this like mic dropping at the stoning that's really great and the, but then we were both like something horrible is gonna happen and i think well okay let's uh, wait to talk about the end okay, at the okay, end. okay okay we skip the part where they put the tag on her ear right and they get out this horrible like house of a thousand corpses looking machine <laughs> and like Aunt Lydia's like, do you want to count a three? And I'm like, not without a teenager from Claire's. You didn't even draw the dot on with the felt tip pen. What is wrong with you? And so she's like, do you want to count down, dear? And then she says one and they go and it looks real painful. Have you ever had your cartilage pierced? Yeah, I have. Does it and hurt more than your ear? It does. And I guarantee you a lot of handmaids running around with keloids. A lot what of handmaids. That? It is when your skin builds up a lot of blood um, in kind of a bubble. That's why I don't have my cartilage pierced anymore because Ugh. it swells up around the piercing. And you can get it other reasons. Like you'll, you can have an ingrown hair and this will happen and that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. But do you think we had a little tiny discussion about this in the moment when we weren't stress eating prosciutto? Um, <laughs> just me, just me. Um, but I actually didn't eat any prosciutto. I know, but I had some bacon earlier. So fair enough. Um, do you think there's a digital aspect to the ear tag or is it just like a cow ear tag? So when you said a digital aspect, I don't understand what you mean. So I think I'm meaning like you microchip a dog. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because that's what I think. I think we are meant to get that, which is why there's so much ringing. My larger question, I think the ringing is just the pain. Okay. I question why they're so ineffective. Yeah. Because. That's true presumably moira had one that's right well maybe maybe they you, take them off once you go to jezebel they replace it at jezebel's with like a really cool like hoop <laughs> for <laughs> prostitution and they give you an ear cuff at jezebel's mm-hmm. it's like a really but cool the but shh, shh shh had one yeah so they should Did you think i was literally shushing you no <laughs> <laughs> i got you yeah so if they should be like running man cuffs where like you explode if you go too far but moreover why couldn't they use or maybe they did but like to me it wasn't clear why the resistance group that luke hooked up with hadn't been targeted earlier Uh, because she had that tag and they were still in the u.s that's a great question so So that almost well the question did they then find her because like when they find them at the docks did they find them because of this tag? We don't have enough information about the tags to know why they suck so much. Okay, put that on the list of things we want to know next to what the fuck is up with the Kana wives and where is the face butter? No face butter. And I think None. we're not going to get it. We're not going to get it. And I can't believe this is what comes from having a male showrunner. <laughs> your best friend, Bruce Miller, who confirms all your pet theories. <laughs> I just, I don't know. And like, I've heard from enough people 
how did they get this whole writer's room together? And nobody was like, the butter, though. Honestly. We got to get the butter lotion in here. Even from the first time I read this book looking for sex parts and didn't like it, I remembered the face butter. Right? So it's got to be something that's It's so resonant. Anyway, we're going on a tangent. What a um, wasted dairy opportunity. (laughs) So she gets back home. The flashback ends there. And she's coming home from the shopping trip where she gets the package from Moira. And as soon as she gets home and puts it behind the bathtub, Serena Joy clocks her. Oh, I was so excited for this. Molly, I want to start working out just in case I ever want to bitch slap someone like that. Like this is the most motivated I've ever been to work out. I was like, holy crap, Serena Joy she is doing Pilates. She really She's is. She's out there in the Pilates studio next to Soul Scrolls. Soul doing- Cycle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. She's got a mean left hook on her. And this is not just she bitch slaps her and her head goes clean to the door frame. She looks concussed. I think she got oh, a concussion for sure. Concussed. And Serena Joy, mad respect to her for this bitch slap is her aggression misplaced yes it is yes. however this is what patriarchy does to us yes. it pits us against one another when we should be participating men. all of the commanders all men yeah okay. well except for the nice canadian man that one and also guy. the very nice it men who helped me regain access to a twitter handle that i needed <laughs> okay those three guys that's it all men who aren't useful to me personally (laughs) or molly or molly mitch can stay yeah (laughs) but the rest of them get out get out of here (laughs) um so i adored this i think i want to talk later about favorite parts of the show but probably my ultimate favorite part of this whole season is the characterization of serena joy Mm -hmm. as being so frightening but also with such the capacity for vulnerability mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Cause I think we see that very quickly in this scene where she's smacking her and she's like making her pee. And then she goes by herself in that beautifully shot moment mm-hmm. where she's praying over the pee stick that Yvonne <laughs> Strahovski is just a powerhouse and I worship her. Yeah. And we've all prayed over a pee stick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think we all know what that's like. <laughs> I have, but mine was like, I pray I can get the pee off of this stick I just peed on. (laughs) Uh, I was in the woods and, (laughs) or I pray this is not too noisy when I'm peeing. Oh, so you've never, you've never taken a pregnancy test? Mm -mm. It is. Wow. Talk about a real existential moment. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a trip. Sure. I have taken pregnancy tests, both hoping that I would be pregnant Uh and also hoping that I would not be pregnant. Wow. And it is, um... It is a uniquely female experience that sure. we, I feel like we, you know, again, I feel like they've used them the most on Ugly Betty and I was very annoyed by how that show used pregnancy. Yeah. It but- made me very upset, but it's a soap opera. What are you going to do? You can't kill everybody all the time. <laughs> but you can take someone's sperm if they've only been dead for a few minutes. <laughs> you sure can. In that show. And boy, um, those people were creative ugh. about they should have gotten the cast to Ugly Betty to consult. Are you kidding me? Vanessa, on Gilead. Vanessa, what's her last name? Williams. No. Vanessa L. Williams. Is that her? Yeah, it's okay. her. Vanessa Williams would have been the best wife. She would have been. 
Oh my God. But like as Wilhelmina Slater. Exactly. I loved her relationship with Mark so much. Of course. Okay. Anyway, anyway. that's for our other podcast. Where were we? Pregnancy test. Not so ugly, Betty. <laughs> pregnancy test do we have a last word on that i just wanted to say like it is just this strange moment and i would like to see that dramatized more often i mean it's very you feel like you don't i know like like, i see it the moment of like actually like doing it and like thinking about it i want to see like an indie film about it i have i got a film for you it's called juno it's a diablo cody vehicle i hate that movie so much (laughs) of course you know like i'm talking about like the actual pregnancy test do they do that in there yeah he goes, he goes, uh, Rain Wilson gives her the pee stick in the bathroom right. of the convenience store. Right. And he goes, that ain't no etch-a-sketch home skillet. That's one doodle that can't get undid. Anyway, that was. Listen, I really love the movie Young Adult, but otherwise I kind of want to punch Diablo Cody. Well, she's show running the next season of The Handmaid's Tale, so you'll be upset. She's not. <laughs> she's not. I was so upset. I was like, no, she's not. You take that back. She's not. I would watch that. But she she's could not. show run the next season of Orange is the New Black, except Ooh. that she would literally have to poison Genji Cohen to pry it out of her cold, <laughs> dead hands. Offred's pregnant. And we kind of knew this. You and I kind of knew this going in that that would probably be a thing that would happen. Yeah. And I was a little surprised that they unambiguously decided that she would be pregnant because mm-hmm. that's. In the book, it's all very gauzy. Everything. Well, this again, I keep saying this. The show, their main function is to make what is implicit in the book explicit. So it doesn't surprise me. She immediately switches tack from beating the shit out of her <laughs> to being like, okay, we're a team now. Which is very reminiscent, I think, of like Aunt, Aunt Lydia I agree. and, and Janine. Well, and I like this part I loved. Me I loved too. it so much Me because too. it spoke to my Catholic heart. <laughs> but Serena Joy's like, we prayed for this. And Offred gives her just the most withering glare. Freaking Grinchy. And is look. like, I didn't pray for this. You think I want to bring a child into this house? And Serena Joy is like, la, 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 not listening. And she just goes, God knows what's in your heart. To which my response is, God sucks, dude. God is not our friend here. God, like the God as she's conceiving of God, not Mm -hmm. the force, not the Mm all-knowing, all-seeing power of nature. Calm Mm -hmm. down, Wiccans. (laughs) But, um, you know, like, this is... You no, man. She yeah. doesn't this is not a blessing for her. And this I think is the myopia of religion in general is that everybody who is a particular religion has no imagination mm. of thought mm-hmm. where they can look at somebody else and be like, "Oh, maybe they want something different than me." Or, "Oh, maybe having something different than me is okay." Agreed. As we embark upon this Pride month, <laughs> I would just like to say I identify as a Babadook. God damn it. I had like a bet with myself. I'm like, how far into this episode before Kelly brings up the fucking Babadook? You know, I haven't said 33 minutes and 53 seconds. I haven't said anything about being a Scorpio in a long time. It doesn't matter. You just did. You just did. No, but somebody on Facebook was like, I bet, you know, people saying that the being Babadook stands for... Or that the B and LGBTQ stands for Babadook is making bisexuals feel really supported. And I was like, actually, this is the most supportive I've ever felt as a bisexual. <laughs> I finally feel like I have acceptance. People are making memes about us. <sighs> okay, moving on. So right all I have left to say to you, Molly, is duck. No. Duck. Duck. duck this is so mean. Duck. 
if our thesis is be nice to other women, you constantly scaring me is not part of that. So I know. I just want to say I'm upset with you. I would be Aunt Lydia. <laughs> Get out of here. Ugh. I can't. It's my apartment. And we still have like half of this podcast to do. <sighs> okay, let's keep going. <laughs> Clean it out. Um, I'm cutting it. Okay, so then... We get the scene of the commander comes into his office Oof. and they're waiting for him. Ooh. Well, it, yeah, it's Serena Joy and the Scrabble. Now, this reminded me of the part in Who Framed Roger Rabbit where he's like, patty cake, patty cake, patty cake. Because she's like, you're playing fucking Scrabble. Scrabble, Scrabble. <laughs> so I believe that was an intentional comparison. Um, Did you know that I think who Framed Roger Rabbit is in my top five favorite movies of all time. It's a great movie. Such a great movie. Really great. Did you know nobody's ever written a think piece about how it could be interpreted as a subtle exploration of like the Cotton Club? I don't know what any of that is. <gasps> the Cotton Club was a club, I believe, in Harlem. Uh-huh. Basically, the idea of uh, a nightclub for white patrons oh. where the entertainers were black, but black people oh were not allowed to attend God. as patrons. And that entire society is basically apartheid. Fuck. Anyway. Me. Anyway, um, I, I'm everybody talk to you offline about uh, the talk I went to that was saying how uh, from Roger Rabbit is like an essential Los Angeles film. Anyway, it is. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, one last tangent for the road, guys. Um, JK, there'll be more. Um, <laughs> so she confronts him about the affair and he says the most fuckboy of fuckboy things. I got up like an angry person at like a wrestling press mm-hmm. conference and had to take a lap. I was she so took mad. a lap. I, I wrote. I was so mad. I spit out my prosciutto. I was very upset. I wrote in all caps, gaslighter. Like, Such a gaslighter. I... I have been gaslit yeah. many a time. Yeah. But and never with so much gas. So he said to her, if temptation was brought into this house, you brought it on your back and on your knees, referring to the times when she made consensual love to him and or when attempted she tried to, to get his pee yeah. up. I was so upset. And it's funny because we were just having a conversation this week with our girlfriends about the times that men have said that we were tempting them sexually away from religion. Do you remember yes, I was not actually an active part of that discussion, okay, but, but saw I it. saw it. Yeah. So it's so funny that like I we were just talking about this and this fuck boyetry happens. So redheads, tell us if this fuck boyetry has ever happened at you and let's all rent a houseboat and all live together where we can sail away from them this sounds like a way more feminist remake of overboard (laughs) it is um we still have those bomb hats that goldie hawn had in that movie um yeah so this was so upsetting and it's like it's not that we should expect more from fred at this point but the fact that he took her who is trying to be sweet to him and is trying honestly she's his wife trying to give him the girlfriend experience and he's mad at her for trying when i mean i get that a little bit because anytime a guy likes me too much i'm like oh you're very boring to me now (laughs) look uh the heart wants what it wants and it doesn't want affirmative love oh it was but so upsetting i well and here's the thing too so she when she was beating the crap out of offred the shawl from the dress was in Offred's room and then she tells Fred that she saw her makeup on the collar of her cloak and that's how she knew and I'm like you guys this is so sloppy I mean this is Fred's fault like I can't blame Offred because she doesn't consent 
to anything that is happening. But to her. like a fair rule number one is invest in good dry cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> like this is sneaking around 101. I think it's more you're supposed to get, he's so flagrant, he doesn't care. Yeah, that's true. Cause I mean, what, you know. What, like literally, you see, she can't do anything to either of them. True. She can beat the shit out of Offred, but it, only to a degree. Mm-hmm. And what's upsetting about this well, is. Well, and what we also saw, we forgot to mention this. The commanders all get together to be in judgment of Warren. Yeah. <laughs> of space Warren, the person Warren, not of Warren, the person. Okay. We, Hall, they know. Yeah. They watch the episode. Great, great, great. <laughs> so Fred is like asking for clemency, essentially. He's like, but he has a wife and a new baby. And they're like, uh, yeah, his wife asked for the maximum punishment so and then his balls go inside of his body because he's like fuck serena joy would throw me under the bus in a heartbeat except i don't know if he thinks that she would i don't I know i think he knows there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of double crossing that's going on yeah because it's like okay so if serena joy were to throw him under the bus he could throw her under the bus for having offred have sex with nick nick could mm. potentially do something weird since we know he's an eye but, like, we don't really fully understand where his loyalties lie. I think that the commander's pride is such that he would never admit that that Offred was was being le- allowed to sleep with Nick. Because we see how cowed he is when Serena Joy as a parting shot says it's not yours. Right. But I'm also wondering, is his pride more valuable to him than his life? Yes. I would say. I don't know that I agree with you. I agree with you because I think he's... Pardon me. I I, think I was like, you do? You tricked me. Um, I did not. You merely mm. misspoke. I know. Um, Let's get Bruce Miller on the phone. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Don't listen to fun dad, kids. <laughs> I'm the fun dad. <laughs> Pixie sticks for breakfast. Let's do it. Hey, kids, you like mini golf? No. You like swimming? They have to do homework. You want to do mini golf while you swim? No. <laughs> It is such a fun dad thing. Um, yeah. So I was really upset with that interaction, but I still think Serena Joy came out on top. And I also thought it was hilarious how Fred is trying to be like, but come on. None of the, it's well, not- and she starts off. If he would have just played Scrabble with her, she might have let the whole thing go. But then he says, you're not like, allowed. You wrote the law. Uh-huh. Basically, it says ladies can't see letters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is fair. Um... <laughs> Then we get to the scene. You know how you know how text makes women want to have sex. Ooh. Have you ever heard of sexting? No. What's that? <laughs> uh, I can't tell you. Okay. <laughs> when I'm Sorry. older, maybe I couldn't commit to the bit, Molly. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I oops butted you. <laughs> That, that's an improv term, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next scene we have is Offred walking through the house, pregnant AF. Rita <laughs> sees her and gives her a big ol' hug. I love Rita. Me my too. number one wish. What? Bruce Miller, Molly's best friend, if you're listening, my number one wish is more Rita. More Rita, yeah. In the next season. I I, sh- I just like am such a big fan of that actress. Well, I think they're setting that up, too, with Offered telling Rita where the letters yes. are. Yes. I think they're setting up I for agree. her to be a key player next season. Good, because I want it. So she hugs her and she kisses her and Serena Joy is like, no touching. <laughs> <laughs> There's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> um, also breakfast. Uh, and this is another thing. Say your thing about uh, Offred eating breakfast. This bitch never has time to eat. <laughs> this bitch. Okay. 
I know, you know, my number one favorite cookbook is a pregnancy cookbook, it right? Is, yes. That book is very clear. You need to be getting all your essential nutrients. You need to be eating <laughs> mega calories to support that little bean inside of you. And this bitch never even gets to eat. They're like, oh, go eat your breakfast. Then everybody's going to come in. It's like King Louis the Fourteenth in here. People coming in to watch her do her business. Pretty much, yes. Because like she sits down. And Rita's like, yeah, eggs and oatmeal, or I'll make you something else. You're the queen now. Pregnant, pregnant. <laughs> Nick comes in and he's like, hey. Yeah, pretty <laughs> he's much. He's very Andy in Wet Hot American Summer right now. <laughs> he's been that this whole show. <laughs> uh, why do you think I want to bone him so hard? So he comes in and Alfred's like, um, yeah, like I'm getting the shit beat out of me and I'm pregnant. And Nick does that thing. And I just, I hate this. You do. I think it's I cute. hate it when men are like, oh, because they don't like us any other time. They don't like us any other time except when a little weird squirt thing from them is becoming a tiny version of them to further oppress us. Then they act all nice and sweet, but then they don't do emotional labor when it's born. Kelly, do you want a hug? No, I don't. <laughs> I am hard. I am jaded. I am going to burn the world down. That is my goal now. Well, I liked that. Um, <laughs> I thought that was cute, and I do not agree. <laughs> um, except for the part re-emotional labor. You okay. need to do more Great. emotional labor. Anyway, anyway, I, I just always find it creepy when dudes are excited that you're pregnant. I am... So I'm not going to get pregnant. Okay. Because if the dude wanted to be excited and I kept swatting him away, I think that would be real bad for our relationship and probably mm. the fetus. Good thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this message brought to you by Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Planned Parenthood. Be responsible for God's sake. Know yourself. <laughs> Uh, agreed. This podcast is in no way actually affiliated with Planned Parenthood. I wish it were. So yeah, so then Serena Joy very scarily she says... She stalks in, in like the, the love child of Lady Tremaine and Maleficent, uh. which I realize later makes perfect sense because they were voiced by the same actress. <laughs> oh man, you're right. But oh my gosh, she looks so severe. That high-necked cowl is oh, my favorite. I love the wives win fashion-wise. They do. But the handmaids have those great gloves. This is why I hated that fashion show Agreed. so much because Heinous. now look, I understand that fashion is like this and they are dumb and they want you to look at stupid things. Yes. This is what I learned about fashion from Ugly Betty <laughs> and many years of reading gofugyourself.com. But like the costumes on the show itself are so beautiful yeah. and, and i'm like them. i would buy some of that stuff sure. i wouldn't buy it for the reasons that they have it but like i would definitely be down with some of those uh, fingerless gloves that have little mittens that come down yeah yeah i mean i know they exist but like those specific ones and they're like they're opera link too, exactly cool. yeah yeah i agree with you i think that uh fashion show is boo-boo and uh that's all i have to say about that <laughs> um so she takes her in the car and she goes, we need to go to the nearest Jamboree. Um, <laughs> JK, she says, don't touch the curtains. Fine. Uh, and they're driving, and they seem to be driving for a really long time. Now, well, she says we're going a long way. And that was when they cut to the field that Moira was staggering through, and we were like, uh. Yeah, I had. I we're not in Cambridge anymore, totally Toto. Grown. And before that, I mean, I had even made an early prediction just a few minutes before the scene. I was like, I don't think we're getting Hannah this episode or i think well, we get I her said, as- i thought we would get her the very last shot would be mm-hmm. of hannah mm-hmm. or like that would be like the big cliffhanger Agreed. reveal and lo and behold here comes hannah in a 
darling ensemble. Very cute. It, Very cute. I mean, if we're going to speak about Disney, it did remind me of Sleeping Beauty a little bit. Even though I am team blue dress. Um, I am also so team blue dress. Come on. If you're not team blue dress, you are disturbed. Well, also, if you're not team blue dress, it means you're not team Meriwether. And Meriwether is the jam. Of course, Meriwether is the jam. Anyway, I'm glad we agree on that. Um, <gasps> look, conflict <laughs> is the soul of this podcast, but I too am pleased that we can agree. <laughs> so yeah, so she makes she locks June in the car and shows her playing with Hannah. And I have to say, I'm a Serena Joy stan. Like seeing Serena Joy play with a little girl, and I can just hear her like saying, "Like, do you see those trees? Aren't those trees big?" Mm-hmm. Like talking to her in that voice destroys me and it's so scary but it's also vq and june is doing what she always does having a complete meltdown in the back of the car right oh well oh and well we forgot the driver's not nick because nick was like you need me to drive and serena joy was like i think you've done enough i've called a chariot (laughs) hashtag delete chariots (laughs) that is a joke that we keep pushing that no one likes maybe they don't feel like they can delete chariots yet (laughs) That's fine. So you nailed this scene right away as it was happening. I was horrified. Prosciutto was hanging half out of my mouth. And I was horrified. But you said, she's saying, you hurt my baby, I'll hurt your Mm -hmm. baby. And my head exploded. Yeah. That was so incredibly scary and cool. And I'm so happy that this is how it happened instead of how it happens in the book. I agree. Again, this is so amazing. Such amazing things happen in this episode up until the last 10 minutes. I know. Oh, God. And like, I have thoughts about that Virtually song. any other scene, I would have been like, yes, ending on a high note. Like, I know that they're going to end with an off-red thing. Right. Because whether I like it or not, she remains the main character of the right. show. But, I mean, I had, to, I had to bow down here. Like, game really Serena match. Absolutely. Not Serena Williams, Serena Joy Wonderford. Serena Williams also, but... Um, just because she's doing great. Oh my gosh, she's um, having a baby. Mm-hmm. She's having a little bundle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, so Alfred is freaking out in the car, and uh, when Serena Joy gets back, very calmly, she just explains to her like she puts the partition down slightly, slightly, just enough to be heard. And she's like, we're a team now because I know where your baby is, and you know where mine is. So you better stay in line. Well, and she says. As long as nothing happens to my baby, nothing will happen to your baby. And then Alfred goes off. And I I didn't like how this was shot. I didn't like like the first half of the performance on it when she just goes into this like Reagan in the Exorcist monologue <laughs> of like, you're a motherfucking cunt. You're going to burn in hell. I'm I like, was into it. I was not into it. I'm like, this makes you look weak. Offred. She can't help it. I don't understand loving anything that much. It makes no sense to me. And then she was like, you harlot. And Serena Joy's like, that season is over. <laughs> there were eight amazing episodes and it was on Wednesdays as well. But that is not a show. Anymore. But it's just like, I feel like Offred, I know that she's in duress, but not if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. But like, save your energy and save your vitriol the end game the end game is not to hurt serena joy i know the end game is to get hannah back and get back with luke i understand that she's had to put up with a lot of indignities and miseries and this whole situation i do understand that i just didn't like the line reading i didn't like the angle of the right. shot i didn't like how long it took for her 
to get to the place that it seemed to me you'd have to be in to think that this made sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like here and then at several other points, and this has been an ongoing criticism that we have. This is what would bring the the series from an A plus to an A or maybe from an A to an A minus for me. These characters are consistently doing dumb shit (laughs) that is ultimately it's not going to be harmful to them because the writing staff has suddenly decided to suspend reality, but it's like, okay, she is invested in you as long as you're pregnant with this baby. Well, I think that's, what's so interesting about this interaction is it's, it's such a stalemate, right? Because she can yell at her all she wants, but Serena Joy still has the upper hand Mm -hmm. and Serena Joy has the upper hand, but she still has to like, listen to this abuse and deal with this person that is like, corrupting a big part of her life yeah so it's like they're both they can do nothing they're in a lockstep and i understand that and i just found it very frustrating i yeah. maybe it's because i just listened to the art of war as an audiobook <laughs> but it did end on a really great shot i think where it has you can just see serena joy's face floating in the windshield surrounded by clouds and it's like she's on another plane right now like no she is, she is determined. not look that's what I'm saying, I guess. Offred needs to take a few pointers from Serena Joy. Oh, everyone does. You can't fight ice with fire. I mean, like, technically, yes. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> this is not about Game of Thrones, which I guess that's coming back soon, right? Yes. I am just like, oh my gosh. I was like, literally a couple weeks ago, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, all my shows are over. No. Now they're not. No more. Like, there's never a downtime anymore, TV-wise. Well, speaking of <laughs> no downtime... <laughs> Offred bursts into she first tries to go to Nick but he's not home so she goes to her side piece the commander um, (laughs) and tries to tell on Serena Joy and he's like I don't know what you want me to do but then he tries to get back into the girlfriend experience with her and he goes is it mine and she's like yeah and he goes and this killed me this was such good writing he goes you do that so well Mm -hmm. he loves the way she lies (laughs) he's Eminem she's Rihanna the end yeah, except that, like, also Serena Joy is Eminem because she's oh, the yeah. one who bitch slapped her. Mm. Boy, she sure does get to be in two different abusive relationships at once. Oh, Blessed be the fruit. Jeez, Louise. Uh, you got anything to say about this, this scene? No, I wasn't super invested in this scene. Nor was I. Like, again, I just wasn't getting the right kind of desperation from her. I agree. And, and I don't know why. Because, I mean, I bought it. I bought it when she was in the car. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Serena Joy couldn't even really see her, like, but it's just like, you got to be tactical in a dystopia. Mm-hmm. You just have to. I know it's hard. I've never actually been in a dystopia. I'm probably going to die in the first wave. Like, let's be Me real. Too. But as long as we're going to sit here, armchair, analyzing <laughs> this thing, I need you to pull it together, Offred. Totally. All right. Like, Moira got to Canada alone <laughs> as a black woman in America mm. slash Gilead. Mm. You need to calm the F down. All right. Well, we get a little bit of action off Red then in the purchase-acution scene. And we were expecting... Oh, sh- fuck. You yeah, we didn't, we didn't talk about Off Warren. Never. So, Sorry, Off Warren... Sorry, that was disarming. <laughs> it's a good thing this is the end of the season <laughs> because I'm going to have to review your contract <laughs> because of that pun. <laughs> You gotta hand it to them. (laughs) Game set, Molly. (laughs) 
So off Warren, and we're not not off Warren. Warren, this is Warren. too confusing. I can see why they advise yeah. that you not have too many characters with the same name. Agreed. So he is in one of the standard issue, very clean white hospitals, and they remove one of his arms, like basically below the elbow. Yeah. So if this is a, if they right hand offend me, you know, cut it off, right. blah, blah, blah. Good luck jerking it. Uh, we did agree <laughs> before we started recording this that basically everybody in any Margaret Atwood book or adaptation, like everybody's DEFCON levels would go down if they just jerked it more. Agreed. I'm looking at you, male character in Alias Grace. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I am mostly agreeing with you because I know that you're farther along in the book than I am. Oh, but it gets worse. But um, I think I was the one who brought it up, wasn't I? I yeah, was yeah. like, I was like, wouldn't all his problems be solved if he just jerked off? Everyone needs to jerk it more. Uh, yeah. Redheads, take a second now. Jerk it. Mm-hmm. Jerk it to us. We'll, oh, we'll be flattered. Oh, that'd be so nice. That'd be so cute. Unless you're a dude, then gross. But if you're a lady. You know what? I'm fine with it. I love male attention. <laughs> like, I know that I talk a big game, but oh boy, I love it. It's great. Uh, There's right. a reason I'm on this sabbatical. Uh, <laughs> I love it too much. All right. I can't put my finger on it, but I think that's the end of the Warren scene. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I'm really stumped about this. You got, uh, you got any more? Uh, nope. Wow, you're really the Roger Rabbit, and I'm really the Eddie Valiant in this situation. You are. This is the one <laughs> situation where I'm Captain Fuck Around, and you're the straight man. You mean to tell me you could have got? <laughs> Shall we move on? You mean to tell me you could have gotten out of those cuffs at any time? Oh, please, Kelly. <laughs> I mean, the correct line is not at any time. Only when it was funny. I can't do a Roger Rabbit impression to save my life. See, you should have just left it in line. If you ever put a gun to my head, I can't do it. What if I threatened to dip you in dip? It wouldn't affect me because I'm not a tune. Well, okay. <laughs> we gotta move on. Uh, <laughs> see, guys, there wouldn't be so many tangents if this episode was constructed better. This episode... Um, <laughs> Anyway, okay, okay, so we asked, so, the next- so, and we don't even know exactly what the ultimate fate of Warren is. We don't. All we see is that he got his arm taken off, so, because his wife asked for the ultimate punishment, and I'm like, shouldn't it be dying? Yeah. <laughs> but I guess not if you're a man. Yeah. That was all he had left. Well, and so, Offred, that night, after having seen her daughter, mm-hmm. goes behind the bathtub, Yeah, and she gets all the letters out, mm-hmm. and she reads them, and it's all women who were forced into handmaidery right and she makes a right mess of it and i'm like don't you have instructions for this mm-hmm. bundle you dumb bitch i forgot about this that. is my other problem with offred terrible spy really terrible bad. terrible yeah. she's gonna get everybody killed mm-hmm. but so she reads those and so we hear like voiceover from emos very sad it is very sad but then she wakes up in the middle of the floor surrounded by all of this contraband mm-hmm. And the bell is tolling, so she knows that there is a salvaging that day. But I'm just like, bitch, you have got to stop jeopardizing everyone who isn't you. Yeah, agreed. I agree. It is so selfish. Very selfish. And so as soon as we heard them going to a persecution, I think you and I both assumed for a second... It would be Warren. Warren, uh, with no arm. Uh, but it's not. And we both, I think, realized it at the same time. That it was going to be Janine. Well, because Aunt uh. Lydia starts doing the the preamble and she's saying, you know, the greatest crime is to endanger a child or oh. to harm a child. 
so they bring out Janine and it's a stoning. And one of the handmaids goes, I hate stonings. It's like, that's not what you said in college, Jessica. <laughs> I've seen your Bob Marley poster, you weirdo. You told me to put peanut butter on ramen and you don't like stoning now? Sure. <laughs> sure. Peanut butter and ramen could be like a total like dorm hack. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. actually great. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Stony. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, they get their, they have their stones out. Shannon brought her own that said happy birthday. In glitter puff paint. Yes. And Janine is led to the center of the circle. And poor Janine. Like Janine's at her most Janine-y right now. She's like, hi guys, what's up? Well, she's a little subdued. A little bit. She's a little subdued, but she's smiling. And, you know, she's just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I'm Janine. This is where we do karaoke. And so surprisingly, the new off Glenn is, is very, affected, very by affected by this. Because we've just seen her have a little lover's quarrel with <laughs> off Fred, where basically she was like, why did it take you so long? We're going to be late. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the new off Glenn goes, you are the worst shopping partner ever. And off Fred goes whatever <laughs> i'm like oh my god and then offred said loser says what and she goes what and she goes ha. <laughs> uh, so they've just had this very juvenile spat and the new off glenn who i guess had a really good agent and they were like she needs more lines in the finale you said that she would have this many lines and she doesn't have that many lines and i'm like oh fine because we've never seen her interact with janine before yeah she's somebody who just in the previous scene was like quit getting me in trouble and now to offred anyway yeah. look whatever she steps forward and says we're not gonna kill janine all the other handmaids are just standing there dumbfounded with their stones in their hands mm-hmm. she kind of starts kicking up a fuss and two of the guardians come and they hit her with the butt end of their rifles and they cart her off and then aunt lydia is blowing her whistle and telling the girls to start and they just won't so then offred the leader apparently steps yeah. forward this is the only thing more improbable to me than off glenn saying anything agreed but so she steps forward and aunt lydia comes down i'm like don't get in the middle of that circle aunt lydia yeah like oh. they would kill you yeah totally yeah but she drops her stone and says i'm sorry aunt lydia and then everybody else does it spartacus style yeah i was really worried um this whole i thought one of two things were gonna happen i thought she was either gonna hand the stone to aunt lydia and be like you do it because it's clear Aunt Lydia is feeling sad about this mm-hmm. based on her abusive, close relationship with Janine. So I thought that was Well, a and I mean, she, in the preamble, she's saying things about, you know, God gives us blessings and God requires us to make difficult mm-hmm. choices. And the cost of his love is high, which is why organized religion is just an abusive relationship oh, with yeah. God. Because, ugh, like, God should be like J-Lo and his love should not cost a thing, <gasps> is what I think. <laughs> You know, you know, he's still Jesus from the block. Okay, cool. I agree with everything that you've ever said ever because it's led us to this point. I'm you can so join happy. my new religion uh, on the six. <laughs> oh my goodness! But then the the other thing that I thought would happen is I thought Alfred was going to go in and just end it really quickly and because I kind of wish that had I happened. do too. I, I actually really wish that it's it happened. a more. That somehow is a more interesting choice. And I knew they weren't going to do it because she set up in the beginning, like they shouldn't give us uniforms if they didn't want us to be an army. But I'm like, I think you're delusional off red. I definitely, the handmaids are not in any way organized. You never drill. Your mess is a mess. Totally. And there's such a premium on telling on each other too. 
I just it's not supported by the text source material at all. Well, it's um, not. Yeah, it's just not supported by what we've seen from the show. I agree. And no, I think it is actually because I think this show by making the that choice, they're an army. Well, by making the choice that the handmaids talk to each other way more. But I wouldn't call that an army. I know, but they open the lines of communication for them more than way more than they do in the book. So I think that's supposed to be laying the seeds. Right, but I wouldn't assert at the beginning of this episode that they're an army. Okay, fair. Okay. When their only tactic is to kind of retreat. That's fair. And and it's not like they accomplished anything. Yeah. And except I'm, yeah. that Janine didn't die right then. I mean, like we have no idea what's planned for season 2. That's the other thing I was surprised that we didn't see. I thought Aunt Lydia was going to be like, "Fine, you fucks," and shoot her in the face. I thought she was too. I'm and kind of I would have liked to have seen that too. Me too. And I would have liked to have seen like a weird, gentle Aunt Lydia murdering Janine thing. Like there's so many interesting ways this could have gone down. I know. I think they And they chose it. none of them. I'm upset and by then, that. And okay. And you know I love Nina Simone. Yeah. And I love the song Feeling Good. Yes. But it's like how many more like handmade swagger montages are we going to get? I did like this montage. I like this montage, but like end on it. I think they should have ended on it. I'm so mad that they didn't in light of the song that they did end on. Which yeah. We'll talk about that in a second because <laughs> I am furious, y'all. Yeah, you okay. need to tell Bruce. It's not Bruce. It's Tom Petty. <laughs> to knock it. No. Bruce oh, Miller. Your Bruce best Miller. friend. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I know okay. you have him on speed dial. <laughs> so then she goes back into the house and lo and behold... The van pulls up. The eye van. And it's also worth noting, she hasn't seen hide nor hair of Nick since before she went and Serena Joy forced her to watch her with Hannah. Yeah, he has a... And and we talked a little bit about this, but he has a very tender reaction towards Mm -hmm. her, which... Well, okay, so here's the thing to me. The tender reaction takes any power that this ending could possibly have out of it. Thank you. This ending... Thank you. Thank you. If you don't like the book, fine, whatever. We're going to do a whole book recap. But this is exactly the way the book ends. They lift the dialogue. You salty from, dog. I thought we weren't going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it in detail. Okay. I'm just saying in the book, it is very ambiguous. Whereas here, combined with his tender reaction, the fact that she's not like scared or anything. And like, it's not scary. Not I'm not scary. afraid. It's too hopeful. Like, how are you going to take the most depressing book in the world and make it hopeful at the end of the first season? People might have been scared if they saw this cold. Don't you think? Maybe, but I doubt it. (laughs) Not if Nick is all like lovey-dovey with her. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm leaving it in. in. (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) If a dude comes at you and is all like, oh, I love your fetus. Like, he's not going to fucking sell you down the river. All right. Like, worst case scenario, you wind up in a pit, like, passion style. Oh, speaking Um, of pits, are we finished with, as she's leaving the house? (gasps) Right. Serena Joy and the commander are like, where's your authorization? And Mm -hmm. they don't, like, they're like, it's fine. But Rita, you wanted to talk about Rita. No. No? No, I well, had we a, should talk I had about a Rita. thing later. So talk about Rita. Well, Rita sees her coming out with the eyes. Presumably Rita saw them come in. Yeah. And like followed them and offer like tells her to check like behind the bathtub, which she does. And she finds the letters. I'm like, this bitch isn't going to know what to do with us. 
I think she will. I don't know. Look, I have high hopes for Rita, <laughs> but, you know, hopefully she'll be useful to the resistance. Absolutely. But so they get her out. She gets in the van and the song starts. Is this what you were going to talk about? Yeah. That's the pits. Yeah. So the so the song is American Girl by Tom Petty. Oh, my God. So the only because I know what I really took away from this is Go that ahead. we should be patriotic. And that we should care about America oh, and yeah. being American, And that, like, blind adherence to government is, like, soups good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. The only way I could argue that this song was a good choice is it is the song that is playing when the woman from Silence of the Lambs is driving her car before she gets kidnapped and put in, in a van. Okay. So this leads me back, and I haven't said anything about it this whole episode, that Swan Lake Music Box is hella derivative. <clears throat> this then is also very derivative as a music cue. I don't think that it is. I think that if I said it to the person that picked this music, they'd be like, oh, yes, that is why we did it. Good job recognizing that that is what we did. I think they were like, you know, it'd be a cool, like weird, fun song to end this on. American Girl by Tom Petty. I feel like the music supervisor, it was like the deadline, right? <laughs> it was the deadline for every every song they were going to get the rights and that to. Was the a- and so he just went through, no, for like half, of, he had like done the work on about half of the music cues. <laughs> the other half, he just had to scroll through his iTunes. And it, he just stopped and, at A. Yeah. Well, no, but I'm talking about the other stuff that I didn't like. Oh, you didn't like the... Well, the Swan Lake one doesn't count because it's a music box and not, you know... I'm trying to think of the other music I know that there were other music cues that I really didn't enjoy. Honestly, though, the only Beyond Reproach music cue in this entire show, and I will fight anyone that says otherwise, is Nancy Sinatra's You Don't Own Me. That should have ended... They started out so strong. They They started out so strong on the music, and I know we disagree on... Simple Minds. But you know what? In light of fucking Tom Petty, Simple Minds is fine. Oh, that makes me feel really good about this. I mean, I'm still mad about it, but oh, it's yeah. like, it, in terms of things I'm mad about, it's it's lower down. I mean, do women listen to Tom Petty? I did once, and I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've listened to a couple Tom Petty songs. Women are petty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Only because we're not allowed to be in the seats of power. Yeah. Jeez Louise, what song could have been better to end it? Bittersweet Symphony. Ooh. Bim, 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 but bim, somebody already yeah. said that that would be a good one, I think, for the, the Simple Minds cue. But like. Oh, no, this is a good that one. That or. Let's man, see. Something by Erica Badu. What if. <laughs> what? I like Erica Badu. <laughs> I. Erica Badu. Next too. Lifetime? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what would be a good song because I think it should be scarier than it is i don't think it should have been a song no like i, think I don't it, think it should have necessarily been a song like what's a scary song what's a song that's genuinely frightening that's like a pop culture song can't think of it see like i just i think it should have just been straight soundtrack i agree but i also score I'm, it like a horror movie yeah i'm still just so upset that the only time they use you don't own me is the first one because it was so perfect i could have had that be like our ending music every time and it would have been fine i would have been too and i mean they 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 do own them 
But it turns out, guys, the music that they play on everybody who goes up to accept their award from The Handmaid's Tale, which I hope there will be several, uh-huh. they play You Don't Own Me as they walk up. That would be cool. Because I want them to just acknowledge that that was their best musical choice and every other musical choice was, in a word, boo-boo. Uh, um, not every other. Mu- the Heart of several. Glass remix was great. No, that was cool. You're right. I loved that. <laughs> the the um, Jay Riotard thing was fine. The, although I would have rather had like a female punk band. That was a great thing somebody on our page brought up is that it's kind of upsetting that there's almost, so many yeah. male yeah and i Music agree cues. i agree though i did love that james taylor song <sighs> that was fine james taylor's bay you know i didn't nobody like, wants to here's fuck the thing. again i don't have a problem necessarily even with them as artistic choices except that they don't make sense for somebody who's of offer's generation agreed so uh yeah so that's the finale guys that's the finale oh my goodness so it just really is it okay to say this? I think that this is interesting because it means season two is going to be a hundred percent uncharted territory. I assumed that it would be. I I have assumed since they announced it that they were going to do a hundred percent new stuff. I had like a vague thing, like maybe they're not going to clear up everything. Right. But I always assumed that it would end with her getting taken away somewhere. So who knows what season two holds? I'm upset because I'm a little worried now that season two might not have Yvonne Strahovski in it. I think that. She will be because of comments that I read Bruce Miller making. Uh, uh, Bruce Miller, so I know you'll believe me. That basically they needed to age Serena Joy down because they were going oh, to be having right. a relationship over multiple seasons. Okay, that's So fine. it's unclear. But I think the way that they've scoped out her backstory... Mm-hmm. It's going to be a situation where even if Offred is in a different place, and we've spent time with Luke, who's not there, mm-hmm. we're going to spend time with these people in all these different locations. Okay. It's not like we're only going to be limited to Offred's POV, thank God, because <laughs> it's all going to be aging baby boomer Viagra music. <laughs> Because apparently that's who Offred is on the inside. Okay. Well, I, I'm still, I'm excited for season two, but I'm just a little bit let down by this finale. I am too. But honestly, I mean, let's look at the, and I think, you know, we should have, we should have another, like, let's go through the whole season together. Oh, okay. Episode at some point. Wow. I think you like me. You keep proposing more episodes than I thought uh, we were going to do. I mean, I like you, but I also like getting more downloads for this podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> You want to make buku bucks? Listen, Molly, I don't have friends so much as I have potential employees. You're full of it. (laughs) Great. Okay. Isn't it nuts that I'm not a Slytherin? You don't think you are? I have taken every test. I'm not. All right. Well, plus um, I'm not a bad guy. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, so we're going to do definitely do the book recaps finally because we're we're almost done and some people are saying like you should recap the book it's like Holmes we have we have done been (laughs) recapping the book so we only have a bit I believe one final section well we have the end of section three and then all of section four because we stopped before we got into Jezebel's because we were tired that day that's right (laughs) we were tired that day and then we have the movie the movie so it's gonna be so interesting to watch in light of the show now i'm really excited about it and then maybe a couple fun summer projects coming your way we're gonna take a little bit of a breather at some point yeah Yeah. we've got a lot going on but thank you for sticking with us thank you for interacting on our facebook page you really haven't seen the last of us i promise oh yeah we're gonna be around Uh definitely stick around be happy is there anything else you want to say no, no. Okay. I mean, just one thing. Nolite te bastardes carborundorum. Dum, da, dum. Dum, dum, da, dum. 
Dum dum da dum dum da dum. He comes.